Welcome back to Return to Oz Minute, the daily podcast that's analyzing the 1985 film Return to Oz. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Mike Carlucci. And today we're talking about Minute 2, which begins with Dorothy lying awake in bed staring out her window and ends with Uncle Henry reading something. In between, we get to meet Auntie M as well. She opens the door to check on Dorothy, who is still not sleeping. And Uncle Henry pokes his head in to see what they're talking about before going to sit down and pull out a piece of paper, which we don't get to see yet. (laughs) So this is another very quiet minute. We've still got some beautiful music playing in the background. Yes, it is uh, a track called Dorothy Remembers slash home slash the ride to Dr. Worley's. So just covering all possible scenarios. (laughs) It's a very multi-purpose track, apparently. (laughs) Yes, a well-used introductory theme. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do have a question. I have a couple questions that come up with this minute. There isn't a lot in this minute, but there is, again, the introduction to two more characters... How old are Auntie M and Uncle Henry supposed to be? If you have any thoughts on that. Oh, so, in fact, this is in the script. Woo! Uh, Auntie M is 44, and Uncle Henry is 48. I do not buy that with these actors, but sure, okay. Uh, I My other question was... What is going on in this room? There is furniture piled everywhere. We get to see a little bit more of it in this minute because the camera pulls back from the window and there's an upside down chair on top of a pile. There's suitcases on top of other furniture. This is a kind of crazy minute in room now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, they have a really odd assemblage going on with an upside down chair and... I guess the first, it just sort of makes me wonder, was this really the best way to put this stuff? I have a feeling we're going to find out more about the house she's living in. Because if you are remembering from your already spoiled 1939 movie Return to the Wizard of Oz, she wakes up in her house in Kansas. There has been a tornado. So I'm not sure... This is supposed to be the same house, but her window isn't the same as in that one. So I think we need to know more about this house, which hopefully we will find out soon, but it leads me to, well, so this is a Disney movie, folks, and I really feel that in this minute. This house, including the lamp Auntie Emma's is holding, it's so fake. It reminds me of the Carousel of Progress ride in Disneyland. This just looks like a set, and my question of when is this movie set came up because I didn't remember when the 1939 movie was set. I assume this is pretty soon after from the way Auntie M and Dorothy are talking to each other. But I always just kind of put that movie in 1939. So I was like, is this what the 80s thought the 1930s looked like? Actually, that's a good point. I've never really thought about when the original movie was set. Uh, But this movie is set in October of 1899. Uh, There is a a date reference a little later in the film to 
kind of ground yeah. people. For people like me who were going nuts trying to place clothing styles and items in the houses, and nope, I could have just waited five minutes and someone would have told me, down to the month. <laughs> yes, uh, the, the script specifies that. Um, and actually, it does have a short description of Auntie M. What's that look like? Uh, she was the daughter of a minister, was raised in a small town in southern Ohio. Farm life, never easy for her, has been particularly hard since the tornado wrecked the farm six months ago. Whoa! All right. I yeah. love all the information coming out in this. <laughs> and it says that her underlying gentleness is in danger of being worn away. So, Auntie M has had, uh, mm. had a rough time given that their house was destroyed by a tornado. It's understandable. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm just reconciling in my head, because I definitely, in watching the original Wizard of Oz, did not get the impression that that house was wrecked. <laughs> Obviously, there were some problems, some damage from a tornado going right by, but she wakes up in bed, doesn't she? I now feel like I need to go rewatch that whole movie. But I'm rewatching this movie, so never mind. It's way more. This one's way better. <laughs> well, you could start that one a minute at a time in reverse so that you'll get the, the sequences that line up. Is this some sort of weird ring theory you've been working on? I actually, you may want to cut this out because I have a lot more of it in future minutes. I have a weird sort of movies by minutes trope thing of what happened to Dorothy Gale's parents? Why does she live with Auntie M and Uncle Henry? But I did not think of that until the next minute, so I will move on. But I just wanted to throw that out there of I'm going to have a lot of questions, and if the script contradicts my headcanon, then I don't care anymore. <laughs> That, that's actually a good point, because uh, I don't think it's even in the book. I don't recall an answer from no. book one. I guess I, I just, I've just always assumed that they died from a tornado. <laughs> the tornado come. <laughs> this is like Sharks, uh, Jaws 2, don't go in the water. Or No, it's, um, is it Jaws 4 where the wife has moved down to Florida, but the shark has followed her from Cape Cod to Florida? Which was when I jumped off the Jaws train because that was so incredibly wrong that I, I stopped being able to give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No. Tornadoes can't chase the next generation of kids and sharks don't know if Brody's son moves to another part of the country. I'm just stating that for a fact right now, Hollywood. <laughs> but you've just completely spoiled the later Jaws movies for me. I've only seen the original. Well, you know, Brody has a son. Yeah. He has two sons. He moves. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler, he moves away from Amity Island in his lifetime. Uh, <laughs> there are more sharks. <laughs> but yeah, at one point they're like, oh, these are the children of the original shark that was killed in Jaws 1. And I'm just like, all right, I'm not a marine biologist. <laughs> But I know that much. <laughs> I know that's wrong. Was, uh, was Spielberg involved in the, the later Jaws films? Or was that just uh, kind of 
was involved in two. Okay. I'd have to double check. I am so sorry I've taken this down this tangent, but it really bothered me, and these are the questions that you don't get answers to. Um, one question we do get an answer to in settling this in time is that it's 1 a.m. apparently, or after 1 a.m., I think is what she says, which, to be fair, is late for a kid not to be able to sleep. But I've always read Dorothy as a kid. You referred to her as an older teenager, and I've always thought she was, like, 11. Oh, no, I, I just meant from the, uh, the, the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy. Oh, okay. And the fact that Judy Garland was definitely not a child, but forced to pretend to be a child. Yes. No, that was... Good job, old Hollywood. <laughs> that was a reference to the, uh, the first movie. Not, yeah. She's not a... She's clearly not the same age as the Judy Garland character was. Excellent. Okay, we're all, we're all back on the same page. I feel a lot better now. Yes, Feruza Balk is definitely younger than Judy Garland was when she portrayed Dorothy Gale. Let's see. I wonder if I can do the math on how old she was during the filming of this. She was born in 1974, so she was probably about nine? 74 to 84. She was oh. 11 when it came out. So, 10 while filming? Nine? No, actually, she might have been 9 when she was cast. Okay. I don't know what that timeline was like. But that... Ooh, we are good at the casting. <laughs> we were right in there. Um, I, I just am biased because I dressed up as Dorothy for Halloween when I was 8. So I always assume she's younger. Anyway, moving on. I'm cool. It's all good. <laughs> uh, let's see what else I have there really isn't too much I'm so distracted by that incredibly fake lamp that Auntie M is holding when she sits down on the bed and then just the fact that Dorothy has been having trouble sleeping since the tornado which to be fair she had quite the experience I can imagine she would be a little thrown off and if you don't, if you are a non-believer and just think, oh, she got a conk on the head, can you blame her for not wanting to fall asleep? Isn't there some horrifying concussion statistic that means Dorothy Gale's actually just being very proactive and smart about her brain's health? Yeah. So as a child, I always, I always assumed that this much since she was having trouble sleeping, it's after 1 a.m., that this, this took place almost immediately after. But the way it's portrayed is that Dorothy never sleeps, which, if it was six months ago, I mean, she hasn't been yeah. awake for six months. No. She must she sleep. She to be sleeping. Um, it's only in this second episode of our podcast, but so I'll get a little personal. Uh, like some host of the Indiana Jones Minute, I have a mild anxiety disorder, and so I will suffer from insomnia very easily where I can fall asleep easily, but then I wake up early. But not just like, oh, it's five, I really wanted to sleep until seven. No, I'll wake up at like 3 a.m. and be like, oh, cool, this is a great time to start my day. Uh, the problem with that is that there isn't much to do. If I end up lying in bed, I'll fall asleep again. 
right around six when the alarms start going off so I can go to work. So I would guess that Dorothy is suffering from some anxiety, PTSD, whatever we want to call it. And she's probably been conking out right when Auntie M and Uncle Henry are trying to get her up to do her chores on the farm. <laughs> that it's probably a much better reading of the situation. Yeah. She's, uh, she does look tired. I will give her that. And if it's 1am and she hasn't been sleeping regularly, even if she's been getting a couple hours in the late morning or taking a nap during the day, that's not, that does not add up. It is not the same as getting an actual night's sleep. And kids need even more sleep than adults. Aren't they supposed to get, like, nine hours a night or something? Yeah. Although, Auntie M and Uncle Henry are also both up, fully dressed. Oh! And, you know, just kind of hanging out. You're right! So it's it, it's a weird kind of uh, medley of medley of sleep stages here. I, I guess no one in the family sleeps anymore. I never thought of that. He's just sitting in the kitchen. Fully dressed, reading. <laughs> yeah. She is also not wearing a nightgown. That is full late 1800s clothing going on. And oh, that hypocrite! And there's no electricity here. They didn't just flip on the light. They had to actively seek out, you know, I guess, matches and oil. Uh, the script refers to it as a kerosene lamp. But they had to take a little bit of effort to make all of this light because it's well lit like they're in full we're up in its dark mode not yeah it's 1 a.m how come you're not asleep kid yeah and 1 a.m is late for well kids go to bed and adults stay up and you think they're having a party and then you grow up and realize no <laughs> it's a very disappointing day yeah if, if she had said, oh, it's 11 p.m. and you're still awake, I would buy it. But 1 a.m. He hasn't even gotten ready for bed. They are up and doing stuff in that kitchen. And you know what? Screw it. Spoiler alert for next minute. It's not like we then see them go and get in bed immediately. They're doing stuff. They're awake. That hypocrite, she's not sleeping either. I'm naming this episode Hypocritical Auntie M. I'm sorry. My dander is up now. <laughs> she is making such a big deal out of how Dorothy can't sleep, and she's not sleeping either. There we've got it. I know, I know. The script says she's having a rough time. Okay, fine. <laughs> but still. All right. Well, now that I'm all... Hot and bothered. Do you have any other notes for this minute? No. I think, uh... <laughs> I think the revelation of the lack of sleep has put, uh... put a nice ending on this episode. This minute took a turn on me, man. I, I hope tomorrow is a little more relaxing. We haven't even had many characters talk yet. Already heating up. Well, well, we'll get more talking. You know what? Maybe they will explain themselves, and then I'll be fine. Maybe maybe there's an innocent explanation for all of this, and I just need to come back tomorrow and find out what it is. Oh, certainly. 
All right. Well, thank you for listening. This is only our second full episode, so I am thrilled for everyone who has found us, and hopefully you are enjoying it. If you want to find out more, check out our website, weogtiogpiog.com. Or if you didn't catch that and have no idea what I just said or how to spell it, Mike, what's the alternative? Return to OzMinute.com. Which you can probably guess the spelling on. <laughs> or OzMinute on Twitter, OzMinute on Facebook. You'll find our listeners page, The Flying Sofa. Woohoo! You'll find out what that means if you keep listening. Okay, let's wrap things up. You gonna start us off? Weog. Tiog. Piog. Piog? <laughs> it's really bugging you to not have it in there, isn't it? It is, just a little bit. <laughs>